They say a picture is worth a thousand words, but it doesn't mean it has to cost a thousand dollars. Not when it comes to senior pictures. Not if you get them done by Flashes O Fun Photography. High school juniors and seniors, you can become a Flashes O Fun Senior Ambassador if you attend Jonathan Alder, any of the Hilliard, Dublin, Marysville, or London schools. Go to flashesofun.com and find out how you can win Amazon gift cards, cash, and even a free senior photo session by becoming an Instagram star with a free mini photo session from Flashes O Fun. Details at flashesofun.com. On the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. All right, so the Washington Redskins. All right, what do you got, Bruce? FedEx, which uh, must have kicked in a big check for uh, the field to be named FedEx Field. FedEx is urging Daniel Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, to change the name. If the Redskins' name is ever going to be changed, this is the time. Now's the time. Now's the time that it'll happen. Yes, it is. Maybe Chase Young and Dwayne Haskins as the leaders on offense and defense will step forward and offer an opinion. Uh, Chase Young is not a leader on defense. He hasn't even been to the facility yet. Uh, We'll decide whether uh, Chase Young and Dwayne Haskins will have a role or not. We buried the uh, obvious there, Mr. Spielman, on our Redskins discussion, and that is... Uh, the Cleveland Indians is uh, also considered to be a racist name. And the Cleveland Indians, right after our podcast Friday, and welcome to Monday, July the 5th, everyone, say they uh, are going Actually, to. Uh, it's July 6th, but who cares? July 6th? Oh, it's July 6th. Once oh, again. On Facebook Live, it's July 5th. So we're getting That's... together on. <laughs> hey, man. I've been a bachelor for two plus weeks. Oh, two Wait, weeks today. Time stands still as a bachelor. Time stands still as a bachelor. Yes, it does. So. Uh, yeah, the Indians are going to be renaming their team, it seems. We can talk about that. We can talk about football, July the 4th. How was July 4th in uh, Actually, Upper Arlington? Uh, I heard it sounded like World War Three in Upper Arlington. Upper Arlington takes 4th. a lot of pride in its July oh, 4th celebration. Yes. You being a former resident yes. of Upper Arlington, you understand the civic pride that is present on what that they do uh, this year? federal I, holiday. I can give you a July 4th story, my welcome to Upper Arlington moment. Were you living on Northwest Boulevard? First house I ever bought was right on Redding Road. And I purchased it and got the keys on July the 3rd. <laughs> and had no furniture or anything in the house, but slept on the floor of the bedroom on July the 4th. And I was or on the night of July the 3rd, and I was ripping out carpet on July the 3rd. So, you know, I'm ripping out carpet till 1, 2 in the morning. I'm... Full of vim and vigor, my first house. I'm all excited. I want to get the redo done. I got a holiday to work. Yeah, I work till two a.m. I'm laying on the floor in a sleeping bag, sleeping, and at like seven in the morning, let it go, huh? Get up, get out! <laughs> it was time to this and that. A loud speaker on a truck going down the yeah. street, and I'm like, didn't I ask if this was a quiet neighborhood? What is this? I had yeah. no idea that the parade and everything was such a big deal, which is great. I love it. Sure. It was just an ill-timed first day in Upper Arlington. But now, I, what was it like this year? Can't do any of that uh, stuff. Well, I, I mean, we had some folks over, some family and some friends, and properly social distanced, as you like to call. And uh, But it was nice. We had. <laughs> what do you mean, as I like to call? Yeah, well, I don't care about social yeah, distancing. You- um, it was, it was, it was fun. It was, uh, busy. I, I'm learning how to cook on a charcoal grill. I think I've mastered that. A the, charcoal grill? Like what kind I of I used to have a gas grill? grill at the old house. Yeah. Now I'm learning how to cook, uh, cook on a charcoal grill. Like and, charcoal or hardwood? Uh. Hardwood, like the charcoal briquette. You don't put briquettes? I did. In. Yeah. Why? What's wrong oh, with okay, that? Okay. Cause I mean, you know, this is a whole, like, there are many podcasts about grilling. Okay. So I should use the wood instead? Oh, you got to use the wood. All right. Okay, so here, uh, can I tell a grilling story? Yeah. So Saturday was July the 4th, yes. So a friend of mine who listens to the podcast was um, experimenting with, I think, some uh, new grill. And I happened to leave my phone in the house while I was working on a project outside. And I came in from the house, and I looked at my phone, and and. I was in a text stream with this friend and another very good friend of mine, two very, very good friends, 28 text messages back and forth about the grilling of a brisket. Really? 
So this is a thing with guys, huge, and I just don't want to expose you to the ridicule of our podcast audience that you are cooking with charcoal briquettes and lighter fluid. You got to get the hardwood. Go to see our friend Chuck Nutter at Nutter Hardware and okay. get you all hooked up with the hardwood because that was one of the questions in the text message threat was hickory, oak, yeah. what kind of smoke are you using? You can't use, you don't want lighter fluid smoke on a burger spills. Well, first of all, I wait until they're completely gray. As you should. Before I start cooking. I don't use lighter fluid. How do you light your uh, charcoal briquettes? They come pre... I Well, I had the, uh, pre, well, the easy light, but... So they I, have already been soaked in lighter not, fluid not at the factory. soaked in lighter fluid. At the factory, yeah. Okay, but all the lighter, lighter fluid burns off. There's no lighter fluid taste. Everybody raved about my hot dogs, hamburgers, <laughs> uh, brats. Everybody raved not about Not brisket, them. not pork butt. No, I'm not going down that road. Come on, man. Uh, why, why? I'll go to City Barbecue and buy a good no, one. No, that's just not how it's done. Uh, I'm not putting eight hours into it. You I put two hours into my it. My friend, he's commit. you're not committed. No, I'm, no, I'm not committed to My friend was no, up. He I put have... the brisket on at midnight. He got out of bed yeah. at 2 a.m. to check the temperature. I got no interest in he's doing in that. in bed reading his phone, the internal temperature of the yeah. meat. You're no, not committed. I'm we no, need to have Tom Ryan on the show I have again no interest in And have in a conversation. Conversation about the chasm between belief and commitment, because you're not leaping that chasm. No, I'm not. When it comes to grilling, also I know, I know my lane and I know my role, and I know that when I have guests over, that I want them to enjoy their meal, and I don't want them to ruin. I don't want to ruin it. If I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not going to do it. Which, so, which, which is committed. Which I believe is true of you, and I believe <laughs> yeah. is definitely true of your wife Carrie, who is just a wonderful woman and a great entertainer and host. Of everyone, and, and I can't, can't believe she turned over something as important as the quality of the meat to trust you. Me. Trust. I can't believe it. I did. Carrie, and, what are and, you doing? And I, I fixed it. It was good. And uh, the first time I got away from the propane and the gas and have gone that route. And so far there has success. I do have the wood chips, which I will put into play the next time. I, I just, for whatever reason, I just grabbed the charcoal. I'm still a rookie. I'm learning. Young. And uh, I'm ready to roll. So well, Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com, people, to let Mr. Spielman know what you think of him grilling with charcoal. I didn't know I'd cats. be ridiculed this Yes. Morning. Why? See, how does it feel to be in the, ridic the ridicule? <laughs> I don't know. I've ridiculed never ridiculed it. You usually have the ridiculer role. I've never ridiculed there. anybody in my life. <laughs> I never ridiculed you. I have no idea. Oh. I know I'm not a grilling state champion. On, tell like, him how to get over the hump of the charcoal right. briquettes, I would people. like to. I, yeah, I would love to hear. Spielman Hooley podcast at Gmail. I want to know how to light the wood, then. This could lead to a uh, sponsorship. You as grill master. Uh, yeah. I see was... you're wearing a flying tomato pizza uh, I, shirt. Uh, is that from our friend in Cleveland? Yeah. It is? Okay. Yeah, but... Who uh, won't advertise on the one podcast? One of my stepdaughters was actually a little upset with me because I had this on. And she goes, where'd you get that? So that'll be her nightgown soon. I said, no. Her pool cover-up. I said it ended up in my drawer. Why? She goes, why wear that? I said, yeah. <laughs> Whose shirt is it? <laughs> How dare you wear your own T-shirt? <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it was good. I did, um, one thing I did notice, um, with the mask mandate seemed to be gaining steam. I don't We're know if you know that or not. Full Full metal mask, yeah, full, full, full metal, metal so jacket. I, I did notice. I did notice um, uh, more people wearing masks when I was out and about. Uh, I complied to the rules and wishes of the businesses that I went in because I have freedom of choice. If mm -hmm. I don't want to right. wear a mask, then I won't uh, frequent that business. We went to an anniversary dinner last mm -hmm. night. It's fabulous, by the way. It was really good. Great. Congratulations on your seventh anniversary. Yes, thank you. It's, it's, and to carry as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've stated this before. Like, I never thought I'd ever get remarried after mm -hmm. Stephanie passed. And uh, I en ended up getting remarried, and it's it's helped me and grow as a, as a man. It's uh, And I tell my kids, and I, this is anybody that's in my situation uh, that's a widower or even a widow that may mm -hmm. be listening, that... You know, when you get remarried, sometimes you worry about. Uh, you're you're almost a little apprehensive, because how is this going to work? You know, when you're completely devoted and in love with somebody, how can you possibly feel that way about somebody again? Mm -hmm. And 
what I tell people is that it's just a, God provides that. And what it is, is it's the love is totally the same, but it's totally different. You know, it's just a whole different thing. It's not any better or any worse. It's just a whole different thing. And that is the only way that it would have worked for me. And, 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 it's, and it's been a, a blessing, and I have a peace and a happiness, quite frankly, that I thought I would never, ever enjoy again in my life. I thought, you know, well, that's it. I'm destined to be alone. So, but God had a different plan. I, uh, I, I don't think there's any way. I think there's some things in life that people can tell you will be a certain way, and they're right, but they can't accurately equate it until you go through it yourself. Right. The only example I can think of uh, that is at the top of that list is, you know, when you're um, married and you're expecting your first child, yeah. everyone that's, that's says, exactly a great, the everyone says, this will, this will change your life. Yeah. This will be the greatest thing ever. This will be, blah, blah, blah. And it's all a hundred percent true, but nothing about being told that prepares you for the moment when you hold that baby and you know that you and your wife created it. Yeah. And the love you'll have for that child right. instantly, the protective feelings you have, it is, th- this will change your life. Yeah. Everybody says, this will change your life. And you're like, yeah, okay, it will. I, I get it. Cognitively, you know it. But experiencing it is, everyone's right, but they can't begin to explain it. And I don't have your experience right. of losing a spouse and remarrying, but I would assume that's just something that, you can try to explain it, and many people have, and many books written about it and stuff like that, but yeah. it is one of those unique life experiences that you do have to experience. And, and yeah, I, like you could have told me all about it, and I, until I experienced it, I, I would have no idea what you're talking about. And just on that example that you used, I know that when um, we had Maddie, and I was really nervous when Noah was ready to come along. Like you ask yourself as a father, okay, do I, I, don't have this, I don't have this much love to give. I, I just... I just don't have it. Yeah. And then automatically, for whatever reason, I think God provides more love in your heart yeah. to give. And it's the same with the third and the fourth. And then when you add to your family and with via blended family, it's just amazing how God expands our love um, without us trying to expand our love. I mean, you just get these feelings of, you know, the normal fatherly feelings of protection and, you know, relationships and you want everything to go well and the only thing i wish i didn't have but it's just nature of being a um, husband and a a father is that the bigger the kids the bigger the worries sometimes yeah you know you're you're going to yeah you're starting to enter that world and it's a whole different set of worries isn't it it's just crazy i'm sure i mean i'm not well you're going to get mine haven't really they're almost quite there. there. My yeah, the, my oldest is yeah. just about ready to start driving. Yeah, and that's going to be a that, concern. See, but that never bothered me. Yeah. That never bothered me because I, I mean, I it's amazing the amount of prayer time that I put towards those kids. It's amazing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. But I mean, <laughs> because there's such a feeling of uh, for me. <clears throat> Because we're protectors by nature, right? We're hunters and protectors by nature. For me, I don't feel adequate enough to protect them all the time. So that's why I call on angels or God's protection or whatever protection. God overall, of course. So we'll see now for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. So happy anniversary, Spiels. Yeah. Happy anniversary, anniversary, Carrie. Carrie. Thank you uh, for saying yes. Um, Sometime you and Carrie need to uh, have a write a book with someone about blended families. I think people would love that. Okay. If you know a good writer, I don't, let me I'll, know. I'll try to put you in touch with somebody <laughs> who's capable of handling that. Somebody that think, wouldn't ridicule. Let me think hard. Somebody who, that wouldn't ridicule me throughout who, the whole who book. Who might be qualified to do that? <laughs> find somebody. Well, I mean, were you surprised about the Indians? I wasn't because no. I think, it, I, although. I didn't really think of it like Redskins. I can see how someone definitely can yeah. construe that as derogatory. Uh, Indians, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't. I, 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 
for me, it's not. But hey, I'm not an American Indian, so I don't know. I mean, I think the Chief Wahoo face thing was a little overboard. That I could see, yeah. Yeah, I think you get rid of that. But Indians, I mean, you know, I remember as a kid playing Cowboys and Indians, and, you know, I didn't think anybody thought of it as negative or derogatory back then, but I could be wrong. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what Cleveland wants to, the, what do they want, to, the Lakers or the, the I don't, Bargo ships or what do they, what do they want to change their name to? Failures? I don't know. <laughs> um, the wedges? I, I, here's the thing. Um, I like you. So I just tried to look at this at root level. And the Indians say, you know, we are committed to engaging our community and appropriate stakeholders to determine the best pass forward with result to our team name. Terry Francona said yesterday, yeah, I think it's time. So Terry Francona didn't like offer that out of his own, you know, <laughs> mind without making sure that that's okay with the Dolans who own the team yeah. and Chris Antonetti, the GM and all. So they're going to change their name. Which, again, so I thought, okay, India, so Indians is racist. I still hear people say, you know, an Indian casino. It's on Indian land. We haven't quite reprogrammed everyone yet to the point where Native American rolls off the tongue. I would assume that's that's preferred. I, I, maybe indigenous people is preferred. I don't know. I don't devote any time at all to keeping up with the latest preferred labels. I don't think Indian is racist, but I'm not of Native American descent, so whatever. I do agree with you, the Chief Wahoo thing. But here's the funny part. My personal experience with this, having worked in Cleveland, I had this as a radio topic several times when something like the Washington Redskins thing would sure. tweak it. And I worked for a while on a radio show in Cleveland with one of the most liberal Democrats you could ever work with in your life. And he's an, a longtime Indians fan, a baseball guy, okay? And he was adamant about not changing the name and about not getting rid of Chief Wahoo because it's tradition. So it's like if it's a thing that is precious to you because of your youth and you grew up with it and you're used to it and all that kind of stuff, it's hard to let go of things. like that. Now, I, I have not chatted with him in years, so I don't know. It's been... Mm -hmm. four years maybe since I left up there. So I don't know where he stands on it now. He may have uh, changed his opinion on that. But getting rid of Chief Wahoo was extremely um, volatile for the Indians to do. Yeah, I think back, that was what, two years ago, three years yeah. ago? Somewhere around there? Maybe last year was the first year they didn't have Chief okay, Wahoo. So Everything you Chief Wahoo. Get rid of Chief Wahoo and then the climate that we're in now. I think everybody has to reevaluate the language that they use, the names of their companies, the names of their teams. And you if you're know. employed by anybody, you do. If you're, you do. You have to be. You have to be more careful than I do because you have Fox to worry about. I don't have anybody to worry I about. I do. And like when I do Washington games, I I call them the Redskins. I don't do it just to be. Uh, I don't do it disrespectful. I know that a lot of announcers choose to call it the football team in Washington or the Washington football team, or and then when they do a game, I think I've heard some guys not use the term Redskins. They use the term Washington all the time, okay. which is, which is fine. You're I mean, in I, the moment. I don't, you're not doing it because right. you're trying to make a political statement. No, I, or whatever. I don't it's even, like you're doing a football. I don't even think about it, but you know, I, I, I'm trying to be aware. Like I understand where Fox is coming from. I mean, I'm there to call a football game. I'm not there to make a political statement. I'm not there to um, spout the gospel. I'm not. I just, yeah. that's not my role with Fox. And so I do whatever they ask mm -hmm. me to do as long as it doesn't violate my right. integrity. And so um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I imagine that the Indians will be changed. I was trying to think of, imagine colleges are going through Many colleges and universities, if they haven't changed, sure. usually they're leading the way because, and I'm not saying this to, to be derogatory by any means or to put them down, but colleges seem to lead the way I'm being, quote unquote, the most woke or idealistic. idealistic. We decided yeah. the other day we were going to try right. to substitute idealistic for most woke. idealistic. Yeah, yeah, you know, they've done it. Miami in Oxford, they were the Red Skins. Right. Now they're the Red Hawks. St. John's Red Men are yeah. now the Red Storm. Yeah. So the Indians, I don't know that they can preserve any part of but, that. The two names I've heard that seem the most likely to me 
uh, rockers because of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're going to try to capture something bad. logistically. It's not bad. I like that. Cleveland Spiders. Apparently, there's some historical significance to spiders. They're excited about the marketing aspects of a spider. I would give you one. Okay, lay it on me. See if you remember, know this reference. The Cleveland Barons. The Cleveland Barons was a one-year NHL. One-year in the NHL, that's right. Yeah. Franchise. Yeah. Bring back the Barons. Bring back the Barons. How about the Cleveland, I don't know, Shoreman? Something with Lake Erie? Uh, yeah. The shipping on the, I don't know. You know, you know when you, when you think about this, uh, I saw the headline, but I didn't read the complete headline. It was from, uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those. I was. It was on my phone, and only half the headline was changed. And this is what I was thinking. And this is a statement of where we are in our society. And, and it said first it was the Washington Redskins changing. Now it's Cleveland, and I thought, well, the Browns. Oh yeah, maybe because um, maybe that yeah. My reference was well, maybe that people think that that's offensive because of the Browns and yeah. I don't know if that's a somebody would find that offensive if they're brown skinned. I don't, don't. I don't know. Don't don't rule anything out in this area. I, Where I, they're tearing down a statue of Frederick Douglass, which is insanity. <laughs> I mean, I know. I mean, uh, at least uh, you know you. But you have a president who stands up for it at least. You know. Yeah. Well, we. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. He we does. do. I'm. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. At the, your comment. I'm. Yeah. At like this crazy. You know. Yeah. But they, it went an eight-year-old girl shot and killed in Atlanta this weekend. Sad. We had a 14-year-old in Chicago, seven-year-old. It's just it's craziness. It is. Craziness. But it's I, very I think, sad. But that's been going on every weekend for a long yeah, time, Bruce. I know. So, I mean, we're just so... We're <clears> doesn't so, get much attention. No, but it? we're so super sensitive and aware of it. So, I get it. But... um on the Indians, whatever I don't, you know, I don't care. In fact, two reasons I don't care. First you of all, yeah. it's baseball, so I'll be interested in the, when the World Series rolls around. Then I'll be, I'll actually watch. They're actually going to play sixty games in sixty-three days. Did Aren't the know? Atlanta Braves going to have to change their name? What about the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, the Chiefs, the Braves. I mean, uh, uh, pretty much like once one domino falls, aren't they? What's the difference? Aren't they all going to have to uh, Florida State Seminoles? That's been a controversial uh, they, for a while. But aren't they in? Aren't aren't Seminole Nation? Behind? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. They don't know what's no, they best care. for they them. They don't know what's best for them. No. <laughs> so what about no, the Chiefs? We know what you need. Braves. I, I Chiefs. Mean, Braves. I like. What's the difference between a warrior and a brave? I to me, they're there. You go, Warriors. Maybe they got to go too. Let's call them the Atlanta Courage instead of Braves. I don't know. The Courages. I don't know. So, all right. Uh, But one quick point. I went to a restaurant at Easton. Very good. And as I walked in, they said, we ask that you have a mask on until you sit down. And I thought to myself, and I carried one with me. And Carrie, of course, does a great job of doing a scouting report, although she didn't have a great scouting report on the menu, but. That's okay. The food was delicious. Still been a great seven years. <laughs> you know, I want to. I expect the full scouting report. It, I got a half a scouting report. But <laughs> That's the food a long was, way to drive to eat, brother. The food was so good okay. that it surpassed. Uh, it, I w- I did not. I would go back because I didn't care that they didn't have an item that I wanted oh. yesterday. So I, they say we. Pre- we we ask that you wear a mask until you sit down. So, I complied. But good for you. It, no, for, and but I comply. I don't agree with this. Is this is what I talk about compromise? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what because I'm. I get the mask thing, but I also believe more in social distancing because of everything that I read. And, and in fact, I've probably read too much. But I get the mask thing. But it's what I, I don't want people to tell me what to do. You understand? And I don't think that I make the choice. They have rules. Okay. I respect the rules. And if I want to choose to spend my money there and enjoy the atmosphere there, then if they want me to wear a mask through the restaurant to my table, then when I sit down, take my mask off. Then you're magically eat, not a threat anymore. Then I'm magically. 
But if, but what, you know what? If that's their rule, I respect their rule and I comply with their rule. So and, I, I, and that's the the best way to get along. I today Dublin's going to go into effect. The city of Dublin mm-hmm. mask mandates when you're inside, upper oh, and I, everywhere, everywhere, yeah. sidewalks, okay. parking lots, everywhere. For Dublin, for Dublin, we I were told for, yesterday. We were told yesterday at church, the close of our church service, the maskless service at 11 a.m. That uh, the city of Dublin has issued an edict that starting today, masks will be required everywhere, including the parking lot and the sidewalks. And so, because really? our church wants to, uh, you know, submit to authority, that will we will no longer have the option of a maskless service. And that we, you have to have your mask on when you get out of your car, outside, and on the sidewalk. And why, I will, why outside? <clears throat> I don't know. I will comply with that. Um, but I did ask if there there are twelve exceptions. You can use one of the twelve exceptions for the Dublin. For Dublin, I don't know about Columbus, uh, but there are twelve exceptions, and I believe I qualify on one of the exceptions. What is it? I can tell on religious grounds. Okay. Second Timothy one seven. It's like God doesn't give me a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. A mask to me means fear, and I'm not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And if they want to engage in a deep spiritual conversation about fear and love and all that, I would be more than happy to have an in- you mean you're not wearing a mask outside. I mean, I could say I'm not wearing a mask anywhere uh-huh. because it conveys fear, and I have faith in God, We're- and God, my destiny is in God's hands. God, He gives me everything I need for life and godliness. He clothes the lilies of the field, the birds of the air. He will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. I can have a long, extended conversation oh, with scriptural basis, and it will give me a chance to give the gospel to someone who doesn't have that same mindset. What about submit to authority? Except I, God's authority is over man's authority. Okay. So you know, I mean, so, I, so you want to plant your flag and fight this battle? I'm not saying mass. I'm going to. I'm saying if I want to, I can. I would not do that at a private business because I believe the Constitution allows a private business to make its own rules. So the restaurant and Easton can make its own rules, and you have the choice of either that's the right that's the, that. doing a 180 and saying, okay, we're going to go eat somewhere else. Thank you very much. Have a good right. evening. Don't leave. Don't be divisive about it. I wouldn't be divisive about. If I decide not right. to wear a mask, but here's what I will do. My Kroger is the uh, perimeter loop Kroger in Dublin. So now my Kroger will become the Kroger in Marysville. Mm-hmm. I'll just decide, you know, as much as is possible, live at peace with other people. So if everybody in uh, Kroger at perimeter loop is going to have to have a mask on and I don't want to wear a mask, then I will find a Kroger where I don't have to have a mask or yeah. I'll go to Aldi which I presume Aldi out by Costco is not in the city of Dublin, although I'm not sure about that. The one thing I keep seeing over and over and over, um, and look, I understand the mask thing. I, I really do. I mean, I understand. It just makes sense. If, if something's cover, covering droplets coming out of your mouth, mm-hmm. and if two people can cover their droplets coming out of their mouth, then the chances of it spreading from one person to the other. I get that. But what I keep reading is you almost have to be exposed to somebody talking to you or for a prolonged period 15 of 15 minutes. No one is going to like, I've never been in a no, grocery store in my life for 15 minutes. No research shows that passing someone in a grocery store aisle and who you do not know and you saying, how you doing? And they go, good. How are you? and you keep going, or, hey, do you know where the cereal is? Yeah, it's in aisle five. That limited exposure, no research has shown, gives you a chance, gives you the coronavirus. Yeah. Now, we can talk about the escalating or, or positive tests for coronavirus. Rioting and looting don't give you it either. No, they don't. And the de-escalating death total, yeah. which the... Uh, Statistics show now that if you're of high school or college age, your percentage chance of dying in a car accident on your way to high school or college is greater. Just on the way to high school or college. Yeah, just, is greater. So, yeah. If you're young, your chance of dying in a car accident is greater than your chance of dying of COVID. Yet, I got a very nice email. I appreciate the tone of the email. From Can you read Steve. it? Steve, yes, of course. I'll read some of it. It's very long, but I'll read some of it. I, well, I appreciate the effort that he... <clears throat> 
the thought that I he put in emailed that email. him, I email, emailed him back, and I told him I very much appreciated his tone and his approach. Okay. We don't all have to think alike, everybody. We don't all have to agree on everything, but we don't have to be disagreeable when we disagree. That's my approach to this. He says, Dear Mr. Hooley, today I discovered and listened to your podcast for the first time. I was a huge fan of your radio show and lament losing real sports radio in Columbus. Just a few reflections on some comments you made about your thinking on COVID-19. Although I agree with some of the comments you made, many of them seem to be based on a personal opinion rather than on statistical data. And he goes into his Wall Street background and how data is important in assessing investments and things like that. And I certainly concur. Uh, He talks about some places being more likely to contract the virus than other churches, bars, la, la, la. Um, He says he cautions our reliance on a single doctor from Columbus. Uh, The virus is new and the medical community is learning new things about it every day. I totally agree with that. Uh, And he's just saying, you know, that he's had experience where if you listen to just one person, uh, you can make a big mistake. And he's saying he thinks the masks give you the best chance of being courteous to others and of protecting yourself, and he strongly recommends that I wear a mask. And I said, you know, look, I pretty much have articulated my reasons for not wearing one over and over and over again. Uh, We're all free to make our own decisions, but I very much uh, appreciate his respectful tone, Mm -hmm. and I don't really get out and interact too much. Look, I know when when I go to Ohio State to interview people, um, even during basketball season, I'm anticipating I'll have to wear a mask. And I'm not going to make a scene and not wear a mask. It's just not worth right. it because that would, as a journalist, that would be making myself the story. We got enough journalists right now who do that. Lots of them who do that. So I'm not going to do that. But if I have an option to drive to Marysville and buy groceries and not wear a mask, your choice. or Freedom. go to Dublin, yeah. which is about a third as far, and buy groceries, I'll drive to Marysville. Okay. I just Good. will. It's all going to go in the same pocket at Kroger. I'm yeah. not really making much of a political statement. It's just for my own convenience. Yeah. Or your own choice. Yeah. It's still freedom. Um, the reason why I said that I'm more optimistic, and this can't be ignored. You're more but, optimistic about football, you told me today before we sat down. Yeah. More optimistic about it. Uh, because that I think the CDC is about ready to... De- not claim COVID at an epidemic level anymore. Mm. Coronavirus deaths in the country have now have nearly reached a level where the virus will cease to qualify as an epidemic under CDC rules. That's what the CDC reported on Friday. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I get all the precautions that we're taking and I'm trying to comply. I don't agree with everything, but it doesn't, matter i i choose um to follow the law i always do my best to follow every single law i always do my best to uh submit to authorities because that's even though i don't want to at times biblically that's my responsibility i'm also setting an example for my family and and one of my favorite rules are hey this is i i say this maybe twice a week hey i don't i don't like it rules are the rules yeah follow the rules that's the rules follow them so and i just think that many people they with all the studies that are out there and herd immunity is coming and if you get a a vaccine on top of the herd immunity and if our doctor friend is right who you spoke to personally Mm -hmm. and at length if there are vaccines at coming out in october which he stands by i'm assuming he still stands by. very much so yes he stands by that then you take that plus the herd immunity with all these younger people getting it then you know we eventually you have to learn to play through you got to play through i mean you have to yeah. you can't let this dictate or become a slave to coronavirus oh the tbt I, I, I is the tbt the basketball tournament nationwide they kicked the team out yesterday because a guy tested positive even though he's asymptomatic, he feels fine. His team's out. They kicked him out. Exactly. So we're not playing through in the TBT. I said eventually we have to play through. I, and I don't know when people are going to get to that level, but I, for somehow or some way, I do believe that you just can't keep canceling everything if a young guy 
gets coronavirus and he's asymptomatic and he feels fine in five days, I just don't understand how we keep canceling everything. I mean, isn't there a time where you have to play through? I could be completely wrong. And and I want everybody out there to know I'm not I'm not being insensitive here. I'm I'm really not. I mean, I'm I'm very protective. I'm I'm the guy that you know, I'm a hand sanitizing freak now. I wasn't. I mean, I, I practice normal hygiene, but now I'm above normal hygiene. That lowers your immunity, you know, using too much yeah, hand I know, sanitizer. I know. I mean, dude, people I, will cite, hey, what about the 41 year old Broadway actor I told who you died? That- he had his leg amputated and other people. Don't give me the exception as the rule. It's very tragic that a 41-year-old Broadway actor died from coronavirus. and had, I'm not minimizing his death of or in any way, shape, or form. I'm just telling you, don't give me the exception so, as the rule. If there's an exception to that, okay, so he's that is the exception. So is a 108-year-old beating uh, coronavirus. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so I, I just think eventually, yes, this is very serious. And I always say... This has to be respected, but it can't be feared. You gotta. We still have to live. I mean, come on. I don't understand. I don't understand. You have to. You can't protect everybody from every thing. The whole thing started with flatten the curve. The curve was flattened, and the whole thing was to preserve the healthcare system, so the hospitals wouldn't get overrun. There's an there's an uptick in hospitalization because people put off all their procedures, and so they're in hospitals now. I, I just it's uh it's it's maddening at times and it's very frustrating at times and I go back and forth. Will there be a season, will there not be a season? I just think that, you know, you have to start living your life and playing on. You just have to. You have to play through and keep going and living your life, or we're all going to just exist and cease to live. We'll just continue to exist without living. And I'm not going that down that road. I can't. Right? My, Absolutely. I'm not either. God did not give me a spirit of fear, nor you. Uh, okay. So with the TBT, the basketball tournament in town, and Carmen's crew with seven Buckeyes on it being the top seed, and with Big X, which got a win yesterday with Gahanna's Nick Ward having a big game, C.J. Jackson, former Buckeyes on that team. Uh, Jermaine Tate, I think, is going to play for that team. There's some other former Buckeyes. Oh, Andrew Dockich is on that uh, team as well. Uh, and the PGA Tour coming to Columbus for a rare back-to-back at the same location. I think that's got to be unprecedented. Columbus, Ohio is the center of the sports universe this week. And here are some of the players in the field at the Workday Charity Open at Muirfield Governor Village. Governor DeWine sent out some, some, the monsters out there. Did he send that out? Did he send a warning to them? I'm sure he, they've been told to wear their masks in the sidewalk and everywhere else. Are they gonna the have to monsters golf? out I wonder there. if they're going to have to golf with masks on. Now that Dublin has... Uh, Dublin has a, a mandatory mask outdoors rule. Why would Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and um, others who, uh, John Rahm, why would those guys not have to golf in masks? Why are they exempt? Put your mask on. I mean, seriously, if I have to wear one in Kroger, why don't they have to wear one in Muirfield? We're going to have mask police roaming the So this is what Dublin. I want to know. This is what I want. I want an attorney. Stroke penalty. I've I've been in touch with my friends at Willis Spangler Starling, by the way, on whether but they're our friends. Okay, okay. I'm part our of this podcast again. Our once friends. again, yeah, they are our friends at it's Willis a bigger Spangler show Starling. When I'm here, and they uh, they are our friends, and I've asked them about uh, this, and they're you know they said uh, yes, businesses can make their own rules. Uh, it's their position that governments can make rules, but that. Uh, Governor DeWine has said that um, it's unenforceable from a penalty standpoint. Well, because the legislature has to pass law. Yeah. So, but that, but, but Willis Spangler Starling, if you got a legal question, they can handle whatever it is. We're not, uh, they're not trying to be divisive and they're not try. They're just answering my question when I called them. Um, check them out online, willisattorneys.com. More likely, you'll have a question about workers' compensation, social security, disability, wills, estate planning, personal injury, employment law, something along that line, than a question about, do I have to wear a mask if I go to Muirfield? So, willisattorneys.com. Here's the thing. I'll say, what if Kepka's coming down, tees off, has to take his mask down and tee off, two-stroke penalty off the get-go. If your mask is not covering your nose, it's a one-stroke penalty. 
Uh, Wear your mask. That would be an interesting local rule, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, In the field also, uh, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, I believe he's the defending champion of the Memorial Tournament, Patrick Reed, who until Bryson DeChambeau came along, and we'll get to that in a moment, was the most controversial player on the PGA Tour, Justin Rose, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky Fowler, also in the field this week. Wow, that's a good field, man. Congratulations, that, Dan that's Sullivan. That's not the memorial, though. That's that, not the memorial. That's the workday charity open. So, uh, and Chase Kepka, Brooks's younger brother, will play on a sponsor invitation. Uh, so there you go. So that's some of your workday field out at Muirfield Village. I just go to the you know Muirfield Village website or two if weeks you in a row. Know what the rules are? Yeah, but two weeks in a row, Memorial Tournament next week. What if the same guy would win back to back? Good. DeChambeau can't. He's what not happened in to him? What, what, so DeChambeau. I, I saw something about this. Okay. I just didn't dive into it and investigate it. So uh, Bryson DeChambeau is a lightning rod in golf for many reasons. Okay. First of all, he wears like the jaunty little English style cap. That's what differentiates him. Okay. All his irons, the shafts are the same length. So he's a science guy. Okay. And he figures if you're, if a, a conventional set of golf clubs, your wedge will be much uh, have a much shorter shaft than your three iron. Well, he says that makes you swing a different way with the wedge than it does with the three iron, and it's easier to build a repetitive swing if you're swinging makes on the same arc all the time. Definitely makes sense to me. So he's and he talks about all kinds of scientific terms. He's you know he he swings. You look at his swing and you go, well, that's a weird golf swing. He has scientific reasons for why he swings the way he does. So now, in his never-ending quest to incorporate science into golf, mm-hmm. he has determined a revolution. Some people are terming a revolutionary epiphany about golf, which I think my mind tells me worked for Tiger Woods, worked for Jack Nicholas, worked for a lot of people. But here's the revolutionary epiphany. Are you ready? Yeah. The farther you hit it off the tee, the easier it is to birdie the hole. Okay. Shocker, the closer you are to the hole after your drive, the easier it is to hit it close on your second shot. That's, I mean, that's... Dun, da, da, da. That's, that's like the new thing, okay? That's something that some analyst in football, <laughs> one of those points that they make, like, I've done it in my career. Teams over, that average 50 points yeah. a game are more <laughs> well, likely to win than teams that average Teams 10. that score more touchdowns and field goals in a game usually win. I've heard that. I've actually heard that. So Bryson You want to score a touchdown down here. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. They really need a touchdown. I here. heard that this They'd past year. They much prefer a touchdown here. Yes, I know. And, and look, we're all guilty of it from time to sure. time. Sure. So Bryson DeChambeau in the offseason added 40 pounds of muscle. I don't think that's possible. Well, you aren't the only one who don't think that does not think that's possible legally. Well, I should say that science and nutrition and uh, supplements have, have come a long, long way. Yeah. Well, 40 pounds in an offseason? So Bryson DeChambeau, uh, it's been working for him. Here's his finishes. He came from three shots back to win the Rocket Mortgage Invitational up in Cleveland or up in uh, Detroit area. But prior to that... DeChambeau, in his last six tournaments, had finished 6th, 8th, 3rd, 4th, 2nd, and 5th. Okay. So science is working for Bryson DeChambeau. So in the third round, Bryson is in a bunker, and he hits a bunker shot he's not happy with. Okay? So he um, takes a slash at the sand with his golf club after the shot okay. in a reaction that almost all golfers can identify with. <laughs> Yeah, and what's wrong with that? And a cameraman beside the green uh, focused on Bryson, throwing his, his, job. throwing his little tantrum. And he kept focusing. You know, he kept panning the camera. He wasn't, like, walking with Bryson, right. like, holding it right up to his face. He was stationary cameraman, but he did keep turning the camera as Bryson was stomping around and right. mad at himself. And so Bryson, after holding out for bogey on that particular hole, goes over to said cameraman and choose him out. Really? Choose him out. And then after the round, was still steamed about it. Said, 
of the cameraman. He was literally watching me the whole entire way after getting out of the bunker, walking up next to the green. And I was like, sir, what is the need to watch me that long? I mean, I understand it's his job to video me. Yes, it is. But at the same point, listen closely, I think we need to start protecting our players out here compared to showing a potential vulnerability and hurting someone's image. I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do. You're um, responsible for your image, Bryson. Let me just not say, the cameraman. <laughs> let me just say that uh, he continues. Oh. As much as we're out here performing, I think it's necessary that we have our times of privacy as well yeah. when things aren't going our way. I mean, we're in the spotlight, but if somebody else is in the spotlight, they wouldn't want that either. I feel like when you're videoing someone and you catch Tiger at a bad time, you show him accidentally doing something or someone else. They're just frustrated because they really care about the game. It could really hurt them if you catch if they catch you at a potentially vulnerable time. We don't mean anything by it. We care a lot about the game. For that to damage our brand like that, that's not cool in the way we act. Because if you actually meet me in person, I'm not too bad of a dude, I don't think. End of Bryson D. What do you, so, what, I mean, what do you want me to start? I mean, uh, or, I, me, or me. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, take a, a tough pill and stop being so sensitive. Everybody gets you in a very highly competitive, volatile state when you're golfing or competing. The beautiful thing about golfers to me is I find them more interesting when they're not robots and they actually show humans. I think one of the things, it's the cameraman's job and it's who's ever producing the TV show. It's their job to capture those moments. He can go up to that cameraman and complain all he wants. Uh, I remember, and I've told you this story, Oh, I'm doing an Oakland Raiders game two years ago. And I got a tip on an offensive tackle. So I'm up in the booth trying to teach people, if I'm the coach, I'm going to fix this. Mm -hmm. And so I started calling run pass on every down, first, second, third down, oh, because man. of the right foot of the offensive tackle and the angle that it was pointed and the depth of the foot in the stance. When it was a run, his toe was pointed straight down the field. When it was a pass, because he was a bigger guy, he had his foot out to the side Angle. as much as he could yeah. so he can get out of his stance. So we focused in on that. So the Oakland Raiders called the truck in my producer, and they said, you need to tell him to shut up. And so the producer gets in my air, and I'm very competitive, Bruce, and when I do a game, I'm locked and focused in. I revert back to my football mentality, which I'm not proud of all the time of how I conducted myself and the language that I used. I'm not. I'm just not. And I try not to do that as much now, and I've gotten better over the years. But for this particular reason, because I've worked very hard every single week to find things that I think would be a, interesting, interesting to, to the, the fan yes. and differentiate myself from any other slappy out there that does a game. Yep. And I'm referring to myself as a slappy. Of course. And... I said, oh, okay, well, can you have him come up to the booth? I'd love to talk to him. Very nice, you know. So he comes up to the booth, and he and he walks into the press box. We were during a commercial break, and he looks at me, and he's trying to intimidate me. You need to stop giving our plays away, or I won't let you come to practice. So I didn't get this at practice, dude. I got it off the film. And, and mm -hmm. first of all, let me tell you something. When my paycheck starts saying Oakland Raiders on it, then you can tell me what to do. Yeah, It doesn't say Oakland Raiders on it. And until I hear from somebody from Fox, I'll call the game as I see fit. Now get out of my booth. And I was so irritated because, uh, you know, I, I work for Fox. I don't – and that's interesting to me. I'm doing my job. Right. And as an athlete, you want to control your image – that make uh, then you're in complete control of your response and how you react on the golf course. The cameraman is not. So you know if you want to get mad, you get mad. I think people actually might like you more if they see your humanness when you screw up a shot. 
Yes. So in other words, relax, dude. You're fine. Nobody really cares. <laughs> Two things that I find highly stupid about his comments. I mean, they're stupid. Number one, nothing damages your brand more than talking about your brand. More than you're, I'm a brand. You know, I'm not a businessman. It's like talking in third person. I'm a business man. I don't care about your business man. Number two. Chris wants to be recognized as an equal partner (laughs) on this podcast, and I'm not. The funniest (laughs) thing he said was that professional golfers need their privacy. Excuse me. At Muirfield Village over the years, you can't go out and bother them on the range because they're working. You can't get into the locker room and talk to them because that's a private area. They got cops escorting them after they complete their card. Trust me on this, folks. If a professional golfer doesn't want to talk to you, he has no problem walking away from you or making you stand there and wait and wait and wait Tell him the record. for hours and hours and hours while he beats balls and then looks over and says, well, that stinking reporter still hasn't left. Give me another bag. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to talk to my buddy. And then eventually he's going to like walk out and you go, wow, you sound like you have a personal agenda. That's not just my personal agenda. That's every golf writer ever. The fact that these guys don't have privacy, they get, ugh, I'm, I'm ranting, they get courtesy, brand new courtesy cars. And this, Bryson DeChambeau, if your life sucks so bad being a professional golfer, then maybe you shouldn't have become a pro golfer like yeah. you said you thought about that you were just going to become a regular Joe and play amateur golf. Go do it. Nothing's forcing you out there on the tour, Bryson. Call his bluff. Nothing forcing you. If I were a reporter, okay, uh, so are you going to quit? an entitled baby. You're going to quit? Pampered <laughs> athletes, Bruce. What, what an entitled baby <laughs> Tell the people is. how long you waited for Jose Maria. You know, oh, I don't, it was a couple hours. I don't remember. You thought, did, did you I wait him out? or did you I waited him out. <laughs> I waited him out. He didn't know who he was dealing with. Because at that point in time, it was like, Okay, this is a mental toughness test. <laughs> yes, it I'm is. not. You know, it's a little bit like your kid when your kids do something, and you, as a parent, you have to have the discipline to say, "You're not winning on this." Yeah. Because if you win on this, then the next time I'll give you a real, true parenting story. All right, I'm at them. the gym a couple of months ago. A mom grabs her two little kids out of the nursery and is leaving. Okay, there's an elevator. Pre-COVID, I assume. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pre-COVID. This is like January, February. She grabs her two little kids, little boy, little girl. They look like they're maybe three and one, maybe three and two, because mm-hmm. they were both walking. So they go over to the elevator. What's every little kid want to do? At Press the, the button. Press the button. Sister beats the kid, beats the brother to the butt. Press his button. So what happens? Brother throws a fit, just throws a fit, just crying, screaming instantly. Mom picks him up. They get in the elevator. I hear, you know, he's screaming and crying. And eventually it diminishes as the elevator goes to the mm-hmm. bottom pretty soon i hear the ding i look over in the elevator here they come they come back up she let him press the button up they get out of the elevator they stand he presses the button they get in the and, and he instantly stops crying mm-hmm. instantly stops crying gets in the elevator down he goes she gave in couple days later same woman same kids out they come from the nursery they go to the thing who won? girl presses a button boy starts screaming now, why did the boy start screaming? Because he knew the last time he started screaming, I got to press the button. Yeah. So, Bryson, you're screaming. I don't care that you're screaming. You scream as right. long as you want to about your lack of privacy and about your little tantrums and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm not letting you press that button, buddy. It goes back to our conversation that we had at the beginning of the show is these are the rules of the game. And you're, you make the, you're choosing not to go to the Kroger in Dublin anymore because of the mask mandate. So you'll go to the Marysville one until they throw one out there. Yeah. Pretty then soon, I'll just starve. Pretty soon, pretty soon, you either grow your own food or your are doomsday preppers here. We're hunkered down. We're going to outlast. This. We can make it to the uh, vaccine. In or October. you'll you'll buy you'll 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 drive over to the Free Republic of Indiana. You to, might have to, to Kroger. Drink, you might have to drink orange pop instead of diet coke because we got I, plenty. I of can that. just see Sonny what my dad would say uh, if that were to happen, and say I beat Rick to the elevator button. Say he was. Five and I was three, or he was five and I was two, and I beat Rick to the elevator button. He would throw a fit. 
My dad would put him up against the elevator wall and said, are you going to let your little brother beat you? Get faster next time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that, Sorry. He's actually, he's actually did that in our Nerf hoop in the basement, hanging on the wall, and I won a one-on-one game. Rick was so mad. And and then I started to talk smack or whatever. And then Rick went over to my dad. We were little, and my dad's, you going to let your little brother beat you? You're going to let your little brother do that to you? Play again! Yep. Sonny forced rematch. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Parenting tips free here on the Spearman Hooli podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Hemisphere Coffee's not free, but boy, it's good. Spiel starts his day with it uh, every day now that I've uh, resupplied him. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is where you find uh, the best coffee on the web. Easy to order. 15% discount when you use the promo code in all caps. We tackle life. We tackle life. It is from growers in Indonesia, Ethiopia, Thailand, soon in Ecuador. Many flavors. Light, medium, dark roast. They'll roast it to your specifications. K-Cups or... Non K cups is roast when it comes in the fine granules and you put it in the filter. Is that I have no referred idea. to as roast? I just whatever's there, just I knows, put it in and it's good. And I drink it every day. So Hemisphere Coffee three three or roasters. four. I drink it while I'm working out too. Fantastic. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com and make sure you get the fifteen percent discount. Spielman Hooley podcast listeners by using the promo code We Tackle Life. In all caps. You know the whole boy at the elevator tantrum story, Bryson DeChambeau thing? Mm-hmm. Strikes me on a whole lot different than what we're watching in our country right now. A lot of people throwing tantrums, yeah. wanting to get their way on all kinds of things. And I don't mean to diminish the uh, surface reasons given. I question the authenticity of the motivation for the behavior if it's really about what uh, we're told it's about. But, again, I've said as we transition into the faith portion of the podcast, it is about filtering everything through the prism of God's Word and Scripture for committed Christians or for people who, presumably, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to become a more, this portion of the podcast, you want to become a more committed Christian. And so, a pretty simple test for that is uh, the WWJD test. What would Jesus do? Uh, whatever you think of the current conditions in the United States of America when it comes to persecution, I can assure you that it was (laughs) a pale comparison to how Rome, which dominated the world, was treating non-Roman citizens Mm -hmm. during the life of Jesus Christ. And I can assure you that whatever real or imagined prejudice you have suffered is not even comparable to the crucifixion death of the sinless life of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So he can identify with whatever your treatment or dilemma is, whatever it is. That's why he came to earth, so he could give us a model for how to follow him. The most simple um, explanation of the gospel from the mouth of Christ was what he said to the disciples when he called them. Follow me. Follow me. Do what I do. He said it to the rich young ruler. Sell everything you've got and follow me. If you want somebody to get somewhere, you can help them get there by several methods. You can give them the address. You can say, you know, it's down there at the south end of town. It's across from the Chick-fil-A or whatever. But the easiest way to get someone to a destination is to say, well, I'll go there and you just follow me. So, Follow Jesus, and he did not come during the era of Roman domination of the world to overthrow Rome. A lot of people thought he did. Hey, the Messiah is here. Great. Fantastic. He's going to overthrow Rome. Fantastic. Jesus was not about that during his time. Jesus was about the heart, repentance, getting right with God. And if you're a committed Christian and you are occupying the most most of your time with engaging in activities that are presumed to bring justice and this and that and the other, God is the perfect judge. And the day is coming when Jesus will return to earth. And he will want to know if you've been about the things that he was about when he was here. And if you've been about other things, then it's not going to go well for you. And that would be extremely sad because he has left you scripture to show you how to live. 
He has equipped you in this era with all kinds of technology, podcasts available on your phone, television shows, YouTube videos, this, that, and the other. There is not a, word of the day, paucity of information on how to follow Christ. Explain it. There is an abundance okay. of information, Thank which you. is the opposite of paucity. I, paucity. of course, knew what paucity meant. You, of course, meant. knew what it meant. <laughs> but this is what aggravates me about particularly churches who get involved in marches and crap like that because that is not what Jesus was about. And if you are an authentic church, you better be about what Jesus Christ was about. Mm-hmm. Do you get uh, upset when churches get involved with marches on pro-life movements? I don't because I think that is what Jesus would be about. Okay. Suffer the little children, let them come unto me. Okay. Do, but do you think that some people that get involved with marches via church is something that they think that Jesus is all about? I, I'm sure they do. I'm saying make sure you're reading in the Word. What does Paul say? Paul says offer your body as a living sacrifice, set your mind on things above. Right. What does John say? John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think there are some causes that you can take up that Christ would take up, but Christ did not take up the individual battle for rights. He just didn't. Mm-hmm. Instead, in Peter, he talks about suffering unjustly. You are called to that. It is commendable to do that. That's what he was about. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just. That's I'm, a great I, question. I guess, a fair, great and fair question. Yeah, Took because, me a minute to have an answer, but it's a great and fair question. <laughs> right. And your leg's shaking, so I know you're fired yeah, up. The Jimmy leg. <laughs> so this past week I had a day where I was just, it, I hate when I get like this. And I, and I, so I try to remove myself where I get frustrated and irritated. And this past week, end of the week. It was just everything going on. I mean, it was, you know, everybody's going to die. Country's going to disappear. Alarmists everywhere. And I get angry and frustrated at that. And so I have that happen to me once in a while. I know it ha- it's happened to you once in a while. You just get down, right? Yep. And it's interesting because I've been getting getting a lot of encouragement randomly when I pray or look at scriptures or look things up or get reminders, I have, cause I have reminders, you know, one of my big things is putting reminders in my car, on my phone, around my house, in every room of my house, there's a reminder of whose I am. And so in order to kind of give me a sense of peace, and if I'm telling people, okay, let go, let God, then I gotta live it. You know, sometimes I I don't. I get off track. And I say one of the blessings that we have as Christians is that God gives us the ability to recognize when we are off track to get back on track. He doesn't let you stay off track very long. I I always talked about that with, uh, you know, part of being a person of a strong faith is realizing that your faith is starting to waver or there's a conscience your conscience is speaking to you. Where are you? Where are you? And I know that when I get frustrated or I get anxious about things, I'm getting these reminders. And this happened this week, and I just got it this morning. And it's the whole Jeremiah thing, 29-11. But people stop at 29-11. <laughs> Even it's on the back of Stephanie's tombstone, Jeremiah 29-11, because that was her whole life, right? So... But people stop reading. If you read 12 and 13, it's even more encouraging. And so I've talked to many people and that about that same topic because many people, that's their favorite verse. Jer- and I'll read it here in a second. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11 is their favorite verse, but they don't read 12 and 13. Big and time. we've had this discussion before, but I think it bears repeating yep. because it's appropriate uh, for me right now because... I just got to re- keep reminding myself that God's in control, you know, and, and I don't like the other thing that I get very frustrated with are the messengers, you know, the messengers, I don't think they speak in half truths. 
I really believe that with all my heart. They don't give all the information or speak in full truth. They mm-hmm. speak in half truths that is good for them, mm-hmm. or there's an advantage for them when they speak in half truth. Truths. And uh, by the way, that's on both sides. Agreed, definitely. Um, so I'll start it and I'll read it. And this gave me some peace today. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Everybody understands that. Everybody reads that, and that's very comforting. But what's more comforting to me was when I started reading that or reflecting on that verse, I take it to 12 and 13, and even 14, where it says, Then you will call on me. See, you have to call. Mm -hmm. Then you will call me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. So that's so comforting to me. I I, I mean, you know, it's about when there's chaos and craziness in our world and and our own personal chaos and world chaos and you know, mask, not mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I fight? What don't I fight? Uh, should I be anxious? Should I not be anxious? In 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 a world that is constantly out to create, I think, for whatever agenda, not give you full information, won't answer questions when you're asked about the information. Why are you not giving us full information when there's an agenda? Because everybody thinks they know what's best for you, it gets very frustrating. So I have to remind myself that, hey, God said he's got this, and when you feel anxious, I got it for you. It's mm-hmm. okay, but you have to come and call. I love that you may call have noted that, that you have to call and you have to seek with your whole heart. Yeah. Seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I think but it's, it's, just, it's so not a one-time applicable. deal, by the way. No, it is not. No, it is not. It's you know, it's a refresher. So keep on seeking is the verb. And there's some things that are lost in translation from the Greek and you know the original language. But it's an active keep uh, continual seeking. So uh, love what you say about getting off track. It's very possible to do, um, but hopefully you will not. Uh, we want to end today by reminding you that if you are a small business. Uh, it is easy to get off track and to be distracted by things that are important, uh, but nevertheless not a productive use of your time. And that's where AUI Info can help you. They are a firm in Akron that specializes in lining up health insurance for your employees and also answering your HR questions. AUI Info is a small business themselves, and so they understand the challenges of small businesses, and they would love to help you. They are great people, 17 employees, Chrissy Julie, Steve, the people that I know there are so helpful. They have AUI uh, University, which gives you ongoing education in matters that are important for you as a business owner. So don't waste your time on a big hold menu or trying to keep a spreadsheet of this company offers this and this company offers that. Why not go to the expert? Uh, You do it in many other aspects of your business. You may not know that there are experts who can do brokerage services for you on health insurance and you won't pay more. The health insurance companies pay AUI, so highly recommend them, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Wednesday's the big Ivy League announcement, Mr. Spielman, on the uh, I wait with future of college breath. football. Yeah. I don't know if that'll set the tone or not, but uh, whatever it is, uh, we'll cover it, and we'll have the latest on the TBT, and um, they'll just about be ready to tee it up in the Workday Invitational. Some poor schlep will be standing out there. Only show good things, camera people. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it won't damage anybody's brand. Yeah. Because heaven knows those golfers aren't making (laughs) enough money. (laughs) But you're a capitalist. But I'm a capitalist. (laughs) I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Have a great day.